Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Podcast. I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director. And I'm Alex Schwer, the Project Director, MPN. Welcome to another podcast, and thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Spring has sprung. Yeah, yeah. It's There's definitely a change in the air. Yeah, for so sure. we're excited. I, uh, I, yesterday, when I was driving, I um, got myself stuck in quite the pothole, so... Oh, it's it's between winter and construction season. It's oh, yeah. Pothole season. Yeah. I noticed um, last Sunday I took a drive um, kind of seeking out new places to go hiking. And as I was looking at the south facing ridges around me where there were no trees, they had a slight green tinge to them, you know, like they were just starting to kind of green up just a little bit, you know, because when I look at the other side, the north side, they were still either covered in snow or they were just brown. But you could definitely see spots where it was like, okay, things are starting to turn green. It's getting nicer. And the days, these uh, warm days like today. Yeah, and it's sun. nicer. It's, it's you know, lighter later. So yeah. get the sun out and yeah, that's nice for driving home and it doing is. stuff at night. Well, and you and I, I know we're talking about when we first did the time change, how it throws us off, though. Like, when it first changes, like, I know, I'll, I guess I'll speak for myself here. When the, when we change the time, it totally throws me off in the morning because I have trouble sleeping. Those of you who listen to the podcast know this. Sleep is always an issue for me. So if I'm, like, really asleep, right, and then my cat, Jack, he kind of knows about six-ish that's time you can wake me up. So he starts body slamming me like, wake up, you know? And then I open my eyes and it's black outside. So then my mind goes, no, 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 it's still like three in the morning, you know, go back to sleep. And it's like, it, I have trouble with that. And, you know, it takes me a little, now I feel more adjusted. It's been a couple of weeks, I guess, but the first week it's kind of rough. I do not like waking up when it's still dark outside. I need those, you know, those lamps they use in Alaska when it's dark out yeah. to wake yeah. up naturally. I think yeah. I need those because <clears throat> I can't wake they up in the morning. They just get brighter right and yeah. 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 If you have trouble sleeping, the time thing can, can really, really mess you up. Yeah. I don't, I don't have as much trouble in the evening. It is, you know, it stays light longer, but I don't have as much trouble. But yeah, the warm days, loving that. I even took my bike out, my bicycle and I rode. It was cold, but it was like 52 or something, you know, and got it out of storage and, you know, tires were still all good to go. I did, I bought a new seat over the winter, so I switched my seat out and yeah, went for a spin around town and... Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's good stuff. 
yeah, I've been able to get out running outside without not being freezing cold. So nice. That's nice. I can. I'm not quite to shorts weather for running. But I've seen a few of those already. I I've have seen too. a few people jogging them. in shorts. I saw a guy yeah. biking yesterday in, in his shorts. Oh, so. that's brave because <laughs> the air is still pretty nippy with the snow still up on the peaks. Boy, it is. It's the wind blows. It's still cold. My hands that day when I was biking, they were. My hands were cold. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go too far. I think I did a little over four miles and just was like, okay, I got to go home. Because <laughs> it's like a <laughs> little, little bit too cold. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. I know spring is uh, is good. Plus, uh, spring is like the time I, like from now on, I love to go to um, Yellowstone. And this is like my favorite time of the year in the park. So, yeah, we need to go wolf watching. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely got to go. And it just everything, you know, is going to the bison, you know, they're going to they're going to start having the little orange dogs and the the elk and the pronghorns and the bighorn sheep and the bears and you know, everything's having their young. And so, you know, they're they're cute and they're running around, they're full of energy and What uh, are baby buffalo called? Orange dogs. You never heard that? No. You just said that. And I was like, what are they doing oh, running around dogs? Orange dogs. <laughs> orange dogs. So, yeah. So, I, I when I first went to work in the park, um, yeah, when they're first born, they're, they're like bright orange, right? And um, working in the park and, a, and a, a, a Turon, right? A tourist acting like a moron comes in and says... <laughs> so many you words says, podcast. Yeah. And says... <laughs> says Hey, we we're driving up and, you know, um, we went through Hayden Valley. They came up from the south. I was in Mammoth. And they said, we've seen lots of bison. And why do you have all those orange dogs out there? Are they herd dogs or something? And it just stuck. It just, like, they thought they were dogs. You know, because they run around when they're young. They, they do run around like a dog would. They do, like, jump and play and and they're bright orange with the green grass. They really stand out. And yeah, and so it like just stuck. And so, yeah, bison babies are orange dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so they look like at a distance, I guess, if you're a Turon, I guess you don't realize that everything has its young in the spring. And So Turons and their, yeah. their orange dogs. Yeah. By, Lesson of the day. By July, they're they're brown. You know, they're you can tell they're a bison, but... They're pretty cute, right, when they're first born. And and on uh, when I went out for that drive, I saw a calf that was just born. So it had just been just came out of mom, and mom turned around, still had the stuff you know hanging on it, and mom started cleaning it. And hours later, when I came back, mom was still there. It hadn't even stood up yet. Wow. That was really cute. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of stuff you can see. You know, in the spring, as you can see, like... Orange dogs in Yellowstone. Yeah, like, see things take their first steps, and, yeah. You know, the mother bonding with the young. It's pretty, pretty cool. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Well, this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about resiliency, right? So, that's yeah, what that's our, our theme. theme for the month is. So, um, we're going to introduce you to this really cool resiliency app that we found that involves completing quests and challenges. We have yeah. an interview with our board president, Brett Morris, on how resiliency has helped him overcome pretty dark times. Yeah. Um, and then we'll end on a really fun game where I'm going to give Jim clues about movies where resiliency is a big theme. 
and we'll see <sighs> if he can get the right answers. And if Nothing's... you sitting at home can can get the right answers. Yeah, you too. can probably outguess me. Yeah. Nothing too obscure, I hope. Oh, well, we'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Jim, what have we got coming up at MPN? What's going on? Well, uh, yeah, we have a ton of stuff happening at MPN. Um, so the first thing we want to say is the application for behavioral health peer support specialist is still not available. So stop emailing us and stop calling us. <laughs> like, like we, we get so many inquiries. Like, I get it. Like, we're your go-to place, but we have no control over this, and we're still waiting. And so bug the board of behavioral health. Yeah. Not us. Yeah. But you can't get, can get your fingerprints. Yeah. You can't get your you fingerprints. You can start on the fingerprint part, but you don't have the whole application. Um, that, that's not up on the website. So if you're looking at the board of behavioral health website and you don't see it, don't call us and go, Hey, I don't see it on here. It's cause it's not on there. That's we why don't see it either. Yeah. Nobody sees it. So, uh, okay. So that's that. Speaking of peer supporters, we got a bunch of trainings coming up. So Peer Support 101, we're going to be in uh, CalSpell April 2nd through the 6th, and Alex is going to be facilitating that one. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys there. Browning, May 21st through the 26th, and that one we have space for. Yeah, right? we do. We still have openings left for that one. CalSpell is all filled up. Yep. Um, Browning, May 21st through 26th, that's, that's open. Yes, and now we just added Bozeman. Da-da-da! July 16th. Through the 20th. Uh, yeah. yeah. Then we're going to be in Bozeman, and so that one is now open. So <clears throat> there's your next uh, three Peer Support 101 trainings. Uh, on May 18th, I'm going to be in Helena at the Center for Mental Health doing a, a presentation on advanced psychiatric directives. It's been a long time since we've done one of those. Um, it's been quite a while, actually, since we did a standalone. So... If you're in Helena or the surrounding area and you want to know about advanced directives, Center for Mental Health, 2 p.m. Uh, in Helena. Um, yeah, that's some good information. The forms are also on our website. Um, and then I want to talk about one more thing here. Um, it is the EPIC Montana program. EPIC stands for Early Psychosis Intervention Clinic. Now, this is not an MPN thing. Um <clears throat> Uh, this is put on by uh, Billings Clinic, and it's got a bunch of sponsors, DPHHS, the Center for Mental Health, SAMHSA, NAMI. And EPIC is Early Psychosis Intervention Clinic. There's a hotline number, 1-855-5-E-P-I-C-M-T. So the number is 1-855-537-4268. And uh, I'm just going to read this right off of the right off the sheet here. This is really cool. First of its kind that I'm aware of in Montana. Uh, Epic Montana is an innovative treatment program for adolescents and young adults aged 16 to 25 who've recently had unusual thoughts or behaviors or who've started hearing or seeing things that others don't. These could be early signs of psychosis and it's very treatable mental health condition. And that's the prime age. 16 to 25, when per people first have their uh, first, uh, what we would call like a psychotic break. And um, often it goes untreated and unrecognized. And <clears throat> the later in life, it gets harder and harder to treat. Um, EPIC uh, helps people achieve goals, school, work, relationships, compre comprehensive, evidence-based team approach. Um, 
Uh, EPIC provides services to all referred individuals meeting clinical admission criteria uh, without wait lists, regardless of insurance and ability to pay. And as I look at the map here, <clears throat> um, Billings, Laurel, Joliet, Fromberg, Bridger, all the way down to Red Lodge, Livingston, Columbus, Big Timber, Bozeman, Belgrade. That's the region that they're serving. And um, does this, you're saying, well, what, is this, what does this look like? So does this sound like someone you know um, starting to withdraw from family and friends, having thoughts that seem strange to you or others, becoming fearful or suspicious of people, hearing or seeing things that others don't? These may be early signs of psychosis, and this is a very treatable mental health condition. Really, if you know somebody, it's worth calling the number. I'll give it to you one more time. 1-855-537-4268. That's Epic, Montana, out of Billings Clinic. Dr. Erica Zuby, wonderful guy. He's the one heading up this program. They're also looking at putting a peer supporter in here. Did you know that, Alex? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So they're going to have a peer supporter be part of this program, too. So if you are somebody who has suffered from psychosis and you um, are, are looking for a peer support job, um, you can get in touch with Billings Clinic. And I think we're going to have that, aren't we, on our list um, yeah. from, the, from these folks? So yep. they're looking to hire somebody. So we need somebody, you know, who's who's not 16 to 25, who's in recovery, but has experienced psychosis. We need a peer supporter in this program. So. Yeah. And speaking of that, um, with our job listing, so we've opened up this new type of membership called yeah. Behavioral Health Peer Support Specialist Membership. And if you are a member of this, one of the benefits you get is that you get all these job listings. So as a yeah. regular free member, you're not going to see all these job listings. But if you sign up with us for this BHPSS membership, you're going to get job listings as part of that. So And how much is that membership? Yeah, so it's $55 a year, and some of the really cool things you get with it is you're going to get a specialized recovery conference workshop, mm -hmm. um, which is this upcoming September. You get representation on the Board of Behavioral Health, um, notice of those employment opportunities I was talking to. We're setting up a mentoring program. Um, and one free CEU course a year. And Yeah, the representation on the Board of Behavioral Health alone that's probably worth your 55 bucks, quite frankly, um, right. you know, to keep our profession, uh, you know, at the forefront, have the latest information. And then this job thing, you know, uh, we're training a lot of peer supporters. Some of you already have jobs. Some of you want jobs. We, we're getting a bunch of people inquiring who are saying, hey, we're trying to hire peer supporters. So we're trying to connect the peer supporters with the employers who are hiring Right. And uh, so far, so good, right? So far, yeah. we've been able to, to do that. And so we're going to keep delivering that to you, uh, our members. So Exactly. So hope you join up. Um, if you go to our website, you can sign up for a membership there. Um, also, give us a call if you want to do it that way as well, or if you have questions about that. The, yeah. yeah, the membership questions I can answer. The certification yeah. questions... Board of Behavioral Health. Yeah, so. yeah. Send us the membership questions. Give us a call or or sign up. Um, yeah, it's really worth. It's really is worth the value um, in the benefits that you're going to get in the end are really well well worth it for sure. So yeah, we hope we hope you will do that. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
in other news kind of stuff going on, um, we found this resiliency app. Actually, our uh, social media coordinator, Andy, found this Woo, um, Andy. <laughs> recovery tool that we wanted to share for Resiliency Month. It's called Super Better. So this is an app that you can get on your iPhone. I think you can get it on Android, too. Um, it's a game. It's basically a game that focuses on resiliency. So it helps you remain strong, optimistic, motivated with challenging obstacles. So basically how it does this is it helps you adopt new habits, improve your skills, strengthen relationships, complete meaningful projects, and achieve those lifelong dreams you have through these quests. So you go on these different quests and you meet bad guys along the way, which are the obstacles you face in, in achieving your goals. There's future boosts, which are the things you're looking forward to in the future. And once you complete these quests, so these different goals that you have, you get epic wins, and then you can move on to these new challenges. So it's a super interactive game um, that promotes resiliency. So I definitely recommend checking that out, downloading that on your phone. Um, yeah, I think it's it looks pretty cool to me. So. Super better app. Yeah, super cool. better. It sounds great. It really does. And uh, uh, way to go, Andy, for sending a, sending it that our way. That's a that's a great one. And and if you uh, you know as a listener ever have some kind of a recovery app that you want to get on a podcast, let us know. You know, send us an email and let us know what it is so we can check it out and maybe your app will get on the uh, get on the podcast. Yeah, definitely for sure. We'd love your ideas. So with all that being said, we're going to transition into the interview. So this week on the pod or this month on the podcast, we're lucky enough to have Brent Morris. He's the president of MPN's board of directors share his experience with resiliency. Um, so he tracks basically from his, his, you know, darkest moments um, to today. So where resiliency has really helped him um, and how it's made him more capable of tackling the challenges he has today and that he knows he might have in the future. Um, so yeah, without further ado. That's great. Yep. He is the board president for Montana's Peer Network, and we were lucky enough to have Brent write a testimonial in Healthy Minds, Healthy Bodies in the new edition that's coming out soon about resiliency. So we thought this would be a great opportunity to have Brent on um, to talk about that topic. So thanks for coming on, Brent. I'm honored. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. So how do you define resiliency? What, is, what does that mean to you? You know, having a healthy reaction to situation the coping skills in place, being resilient to the um, negative negative response or a bad response, I guess. And you have some personal experience with this that you, you write about in the new edition of Healthy Minds, Healthy Bodies. Was there a time when you had a challenge that you didn't know if you'd be able to overcome it or not? Yeah. Um, a different time in my life, I would deal with the, the thoughts of suicide. And at the time of my life, I was recovering from uh, an auto accident. I really significant um, 
happening. I was dealing with that and I kind of gave up, you know. So I planned my, planned to take my life. I um, planned a certain day. I lived on a small farm. I, I planned a day when no one be around to search for me, for search for me. So I, I called one of the farm pickups and had a shotgun there and had it loaded and had a piece of yardstick cut a certain length just to push the trigger, trigger right. Had it all planned out. Went for the drive and went all, you know, follow my plan to a T. You know, what led to this, I guess, is some of my, in the auto accident I was in, there was a life that was taken, a gal was killed. I hit, I was driving under the influence of alcohol, hit her head on. And so I dealt with a lot of the, the deal with the justice system, uh, my recovery, physically from a wreck, people's judgment, different things. So when, you know, this kind of a battle was for, oh, probably, four to five months on the wreck, you know, and I just, there was no hope. I didn't, I didn't feel, I felt no hope. And um, it came just to my, you know, um, praying to God and, you know, having him share with me that, you know, you made it this far and I brought you through the wreck. Basically, you know, for a reason, it's not your time to go. That's time, that's the time of my life when I just, you know, I, there was no hope. There wasn't a reason to live. In fact, I wanted to, I wanted a way. I wanted to escape. I recognize the reactions. So then immediately when I I see them coming, I recognize them. Just through self-talk, um, some physical exercises, some getaway, talking to a peer, a positive peer, healthy peer, that type of thing. In um, an article I was reading in The New Yorker, it was by David Kushner, it was called can trauma help you grow? Um, and he talks in there about how, you know, stories of difficulty and, and overcoming, they, they not only change your life, but they can deepen the meaning of life. And he calls this post-traumatic growth. What are your thoughts on if post-traumatic growth has been a part of your recovery experience and your resiliency? Um, personally, um, the events of my life that I felt were traumatic, you know, they were that type of blow to me, they have helped me to understand myself, my self-awareness, myself, my growth, um, and, you know, my self-health has been empowered by it. You know, it's, it's bad to say, I don't say it's bad, some people think it's bad to go through the trauma. So I think we can take something good out of it. At a very the event, take some good learning. So I I I fully support you know that it can help us be healthier, and it, it did me. Um, and there again, just to know myself, know the triggers, know the thoughts I was feeling, if they're good or bad, recognize them, that type of thing. Yeah, and if you were to meet someone who was struggling with a situation that might even be similar to yours. And they feel similarly to how you did of that help that that hopelessness feeling. What would be the message that you would want to give them? There's always hope, no matter how much you think it is. There's always someone in a worse worse place than you are. And um, you know, the um, the faith in God, we're forgiven. We have to keep our, forgive ourselves and move on. And always, don't ever be afraid to ask for help. You know, a simple phone call to someone, meet someone for coffee, you know, or just 
know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. Um, and there's always hope. There's never a, never a time there's not. And how do you think people can kind of remember that hope in themselves? Do you have tips for for ways to to kind of build that in yourself to to have that hope and to and to keep it? Um, what's worked for me is reflect back to a to a um, a time the reaction has been good. Um, you know. Um, it's not a simple answer. Um, you know, when the, it's so overwhelming, not let things break the problem down to simpler steps. And then just, uh, you know, if you can, look back in a positive time. And always have, the, have some tools in the box ready for the, you know, recovery box, whether it's a walk, a deep breathing, self-talk, have someone you know you can call or talk to or know someone you can go visit with, have coffee with, you know. And know along those lines, the the support system is, is so important in resiliency is having that support. How, who did you have in your life for that support who really helped you in your resiliency and your growth? Um, I had some strong... I had good and bad family support. I had some good family support. I had, um, I learned after the event happened who my true friends were in high school. I thought I learned that the hard way, but the true friends stood by me and um, they were there. Mm-hmm. And then um, I met a young man who was a, a, a pastor of a church I didn't know very well he introduced himself. I, I, I'd always had a picture of, of uh, some of the pastors and stuff that were that were just born righteous or born clean. You know, they weren't sinners. Well, this man had been in prison. He had been, um, had a life himself in recovery. And that alone helped me just kind of... That was my sports I had that implemented their wellness yeah and that's that's a great example of having a a peer in your recovery as well and how I think you know peers can can help in in building resiliency as well so you you talked a little bit about spirituality in that recovery and then the support systems what are some other tips you would have that for when people have a tough time if they have these certain things in place it can help them become more resilient. What would be some of the suggestions you have of, of things to build in your life while times are good so that you're prepared for times when when life gets difficult? You know, if we, if we can recognize the tools, the good, the good recovery supports, you know, peer support, maybe um, enjoying a walk, maybe enjoying fishing, maybe enjoying just... Um, you know, the self-talk, having the having those those tools available, and I guess what I mean by that is just recognizing them and don't forgetting about them. You know, don't have don't having them um, in a crisis moment, have them available. You know, and that could be as simple just the self-talk or the simple 
trying to to vibe and thinking not about the immediate crisis, but just thinking about your you know your recovery tools. Definitely and recognizing that they are there. Yeah, and having self-care practices in place. I think a lot of that with what you just talked about are these different, you know, self-care mechanisms, having, you know, positive self-talk and getting involved in activities that you love and that you're excited about um, is all part of that self-care piece, um, which is definitely important. What what other tips do you have um, for people or things that you want people to know about resiliency in general? Resiliency, resiliency will always change, you know, from whether day to day, which we hear year to year. Um, our growth will change, our maturities change, um, life situations change, relationships, occupations, financial situations, everything changes. So the resiliency, if we're um, keeping it current, I guess to say, or keeping up on, you know, some of the tools, it will change also. And um, to me, it has become, you know, part of part of my wellness, too, is to create better habits in my life. And um, that's what they say, 21, 30, 21 to 31 times, whatever we're doing, or doing a task, make it a habit. Right. We can change more bad habits that way. Well, the resiliency, in a sense, will become a habit you know, if we just work on it and use it. So, um, I guess the advice is just keep using the tool and, um, and then download new pieces every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, um, Brent, for, for coming on and and talking about this. Um, I think it's a really important subject and I think you have a really powerful story about, about overcoming and, and growth through resiliency. So thank you for, for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Well, thanks, Brent. That was uh, that was really great. Thank you. Um, for sharing your story and, and being a part of the podcast and, uh, and being a part of our board too. Yeah. Yeah. Brent's a, a hell of a board president. Actually, he's really, uh, brought the board forward and really helped, uh, you know, just bring the organization and, and get everybody together. He's a great leader. So, yeah. So thanks Brent. Um, now let's transition into a fun game. I'm so excited for this. Uh Oh, so this is where I get worried. You know, when a staff person's like, oh, I can't wait to quiz Jim, it's like, oh, no. So excited, guys. Yeah. yeah. So play along with us. I'll give a little pause for Jim answers, and okay. you can guess along with them. So I'm just going to start with a little summary. I'm guessing the can... title? No, I'm not giving you the title. No, I'm guessing yes, the title? Yes, you're guessing the title. I'm guessing I'm not the title of you. the movie that involves resiliency. Yes, Okay. So I'll start. I'll just give you a little summary. If you still can't give it, I'll address the challenge. Actually, you know what? Let me start with the challenges in that this movie. So Okay. In some of the challenges that this main character has to deal with this with in this film is he gets arrested for numerous unpaid parking tickets. 
his wife leaves him. He gets evicted from his apartment, and he's homeless with his son. Oh, that's um, happy, happy-ish or something. It's Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. It's Will Smith. What? Um, it's misspelled. The, the The title is misspelled because the person in the Chinese restaurant, I think, wrote it wrong or something, and he keeps correcting them, but they won't change it, right? Yeah, yeah. What's it called? Uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, Pursuit of Happiness. That's it, Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> so okay. This, this is based on a true story of uh, Chris Gardner, who formed his own multi-million dollar <clears throat> brokerage firm, but had a lot of hardship in there and, mm -hmm. you know, had to persevere, had that mm -hmm. res resilience to be able to overcome. That's so. a good movie. I'll give you half a point for that one. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. So in this movie, um, some of the challenges that the main character has to overcome is she has to hide her gender identity. She's kicked out of the military when it's discovered that she's a woman. Um, kicked out of the military. So it's not G.I. Jane. Um, Actually, maybe they just tried to kick her out. <clears throat> no, I think they kicked her out. Um, um, well, there is it that one movie, Boys Don't Cry? That no. one? I'll give you another hint. So she, she finds out her father is going to be enlisted into the military. He's going to be drafted in. And so she takes the spot of her father by impersonating a man. The Disney classic. You, you got me on that one. I have no idea on that Cartoon? One. It's being made into a live action. I would not have known that one. How is she getting into the military? How is her father getting drafted? Well, because it's in China, so the rules oh, are different. Oh, okay. That one, I would not have known. It's yep. Mulan! Oh, I would not have known oh, that Cartoons. Jim. I'm not a cartoon person. I don't ever watch cartoon movies. It's going to be, soon it's going to be a live action. Okay, so all right. Maybe you should watch it then. Okay. <laughs> okay, this one's not a cartoon. Okay. First hint. Um, challenges overcome by the main character. His um, mother has alcoholism issues. He's evicted from his home. Um, he's really struggling to be accepted in the career path he's taking. I'll give it away if I tell you the career path. Uh, I, I need a few more hints than that. Okay, so it's based on a true story in Detroit, in the Detroit area. In Detroit, the mother's an alcoholic. He's kicked out of his home, and he's struggling in the industry he works in. Yes. Well, he's in Detroit, so does he work in the car industry, steel industry? He's a rapper. I don't, I don't know what. Oh, is this the Eminem movie? Yep. Okay. I told you I give it. Away. I never. I never saw. I never saw that movie. Um. Uh, gosh, I can't think of the name of it, but it's the Eminem movie. Yeah, it's yeah. called Eight Mile. Eight, eight Mile. Okay. Um, and I never so saw that one. yeah, this is based on the true story of Eminem and resiliency <laughs> in this story. He's been sober for almost, I think, ten years now. So. Hmm. Um, yeah, strong story of, of nice. resiliency and, yeah, in his own life. Sorry, so. I didn't know that one. You got another one for me? I'll give you half me? a point, yeah. Okay, last one. You got one point. You got four questions. <laughs> I got two halves of a point. <laughs> I don't know if you'll know this one or not. So, this is, this is a documentary, actually, um, about a girl who, 
her challenge was she lost her her arm to a shark attack. Oh, yeah, she's been in National Geographic a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's like a world record holder or something. She competes, right? Yeah, in what sport? In surfing. In surfing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen photos of her and read probably read the story, I you know, like when she came back or whatever. Yeah, I probably don't know the name of it, but I do kind of know who you're talking about. I mean, I know of the story, yeah. So the second word of the movie title is surfer. Surfer girl? The second word is surfer. I don't know. Soul surfer. Soul surfer, okay. So that's the story of Bethany Wilson who wants to keep surfing Hmm. even after she's lost Lost her arm. Lost her arm, yeah. Yeah, and a shark attack, so. Hmm. All right. Jim Sorry. got one out of four kinda, points. Kind of struck out on that one. Hope you guys fared better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just so many movies, you know. It's like, you know, you start thinking about all the different movies where people overcome things. And, I mean, most movies have something people are battling or overcoming, you know. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And out of... I, I chose these ones specifically, too, because... They're all based on a true story. Mulan is kind of more difficult to figure out how much of that is based on anything. But, you know, Pursuit of Happiness, Chris Gardner, Mm -hmm. Eminem, 8 Mile is his, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of take Mm -hmm. on his own past. And, yeah, Bethany Wilson, that's that's her documentary. So I keep thinking about there's that one movie, um, Jamie Foxx plays the homeless guy in L.A., and uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays the reporter who's he's doing an article on homelessness in L.A., total, like, typical kind of story. But he finds this one guy, and this is based on a true story, and he was a concert celloist. Oh, I read that book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can't, I, don't know, I can't think of the name of it, but when we started doing this, I kept thinking, oh, yeah, that's one of those kind of movies, you know, like, um, yeah. Oh, the example you Good. had, I didn't even... Yeah. No, there's the there's quiz. so many of them. There's, there are, there are. There's, there's a ton of them. So. Resilience is everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have for the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, next month, what what do we have next up up next month? What's the topic? Trauma. Trauma awareness. Trauma yeah. awareness. So uh, we know a lot of you uh, are very interested in that. So always have a lot of people turn out for our training. So. Tune in next month for another podcast. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. possible. Recovery is possible.